You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Doesn't matter how much truth you read, doesn't matter how much truth you hear, there has to be now, based on the truth that God has given us, faith. Trust Him, believe Him. The circumstances of life are the great, greatest test of faith. The world is cursed because of sin. There's great darkness in the midst of crisis and despair. However, because of the cross, believers can have hope instead of despair. Today, Pastor Danny will challenge you to remember what God has done and what He said before you allow fear to overtake you. Take the truth of God and mix it with faith, and then allow His peace to fill you. God's Word in the Bible has great power. It guides you and gives you peace as you allow it into your heart, trusting in faith. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Luke, chapter 23, with today's edition of The Living Word. all the way to the end of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. I got a lot of reading, but we're going to take it a little bit at a time. And the first section, chapter 23 of Luke's Gospel, verse 44. It was now about the sixth hour. That's high noon. And darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, that's 3 p.m. For the sun stopped shining. It's the darkest period in human history, the cross of Jesus Christ. And as Jesus hangs on the cross, beginning at high noon until 3 p.m., the period of time in the day when the sun would have and should have shone the brightest. And it's dark. Darkness. It's interesting, despite the darkness, there was hope. As a matter of fact, the key to hope is hanging on that cross, Jesus Christ. But it's fascinating to me, it's amazing to me, if you back up just a couple of verses, Luke chapter 23, verse 42, then he, he is one of the two thieves who are also being crucified, one on Jesus' right, one on his left. And one of them says to Jesus, 
Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. This is the darkest moment in this man's life. He's dying. And just before he breathes his last, he turns over to Jesus. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what an amazing response. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Here's what I put in my notes. There's hope despite the darkness. There's hope beyond the darkness. What is the darkness? Well, it's a literal darkness, but it's representative of a spiritual darkness. Everything wrong with the world. Everything. Sickness, disease, death, dysfunctional relationships, divorce, despair, etc., etc., etc. Everything wrong with the world is darkness. And it's interesting that God, it says God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. We live in a cursed world because of sin. And now there's darkness. But in the darkness, despite the darkness, there's hope. And the hope is found in Jesus. Let me give you this verse, and you want to write it down. Colossians chapter 1, write it down. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Let me read it for you, uh, and you can look back at it later if you'd like. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, the kingdom of light, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The cross is the key. The cross is the hope. Jesus' sacrifice, that's the answer. Jesus had repeatedly, clearly told his disciples about the cross. Mark's gospel, put a marker in Luke. We're coming back to Luke. Go with me to Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, and you go down to verse 31. He then began to teach them, his disciples, that the Son of Man, that's a reference to himself, must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verse 30, they, the disciples, left that place, passed through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They'll kill him. And after three days, 
he will rise. Mark chapter 10. Mark's gospel chapter 10, verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. And again, he took the 12 aside, and he told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They'll condemn him to death. We'll hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. You think by now they got it. But Jesus drives it home. Even at the final Passover meal before the cross, Mark chapter 14 and verse 28, he tells them, after I have risen, I'll go ahead of you into Galilee. He told them not once, not twice, but multiple times, and God recorded it for us here. If I chose to take the time, I could go back through verse after verse after verse in the Old Testament and read prophecies of the Messiah's suffering, his death, his resurrection. I have three points to share with you in the text today, and the first is this. Truth means nothing unless you mix it with faith. I want you to think about it, write it down. Truth means nothing unless you mix it with faith. To believe what God said. Another great verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It simply says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Doesn't matter how much truth you read, doesn't matter how much truth you hear, there has to be now, based on the truth that God has given us, faith. Trust Him. Believe Him. The circumstances of life are the greatest test of faith. And you'll know what people really believe when things get difficult. When the crisis hits, what's happening in our world? It's, it's awful. I, I watched last night and I saw what's happening in Italy and my heart just grieved for, for those that are dying in Italy and anywhere else from the coronavirus. It's awful. But despite the darkness, <laughs> despite what's happening, listen, I'm not bummed out. I'm disappointed. I don't want to see people suffer. Who does? But what's happening shouldn't take the Christian by surprise. Shouldn't get us all bummed out. No. Why? Because God told us ahead of time. But I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged because, you know, you say, well, just have faith. And that is what we ought to have is faith. But God understands how weak we are. I mean, you look at some of the greatest characters in the Bible, and they're moments of weakness. And some had moments of great faith, and not long after that had moments of great 
weakness. John, we call him John the Baptist because he baptized people in water, signifying that they were repenting of their sin. And John the Baptist was the forerunner uh, for Jesus Christ. He prepared the way for Jesus to come. He had uh, one string on his prophetic guitar, and when Jesus came, he pointed people to Jesus, and he said, repent and receive Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. But John the Baptist, he made this great statement of faith. He, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. That's a great statement of faith. And John meant it. John was sincere. But after he introduces Jesus to the world, and now his part is pretty much over, and so God's going to take John home before he's actually beheaded, because that's how he died, he's beheaded because of his faith. He sits in jail. There's no record of a a card sent from Jesus or the disciples. There's no visitation by the apostles. Hey, John, how you doing? (laughs) And the Bible records for us that John the Baptist, who Jesus said there's no one born of women greater than John, He's not a reed that's easily broken or swayed. He's a prophet, one of the greatest, but he's human. And the Bible records for us that as John sat there in prison, he sent some of his disciples to Jesus, and here's the question he had. Are you the one, or should we look for someone else? Listen, God knows our human frailty. And even some Christians now are not responding in faith. They're responding in despair. They're responding like the world. Panic. Listen, repent of your wrong response. I even thought about Jesus. As he hung on the cross, he had that moment because he's human. He's God. He's perfect. But he's God come in the flesh. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see the humanness of even the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so what we have to do, what we have to do in these challenging days is take truth, things that God's already told us, and mix it with faith. Back in Luke, chapter 24 now, verse 1, on the first day of the week, that would have been Sunday in this day, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared, went to the tomb, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes gleamed like lightning. The clothes gleamed like lightning and stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said, "Uh, why do you look for the living among the dead? These are angels. He's not here. He's risen. And then look what he says. Remember how he told you? He told you. Not once, not twice, multiple times. What was going to happen? So why are you so despondent? Why are you in such despair? 
Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the Thursday be raised to life. Then they remembered his words. They forgot his words. They forgot the word. And in this time, we've got to remember the word. Pastor, is the coronavirus in the word? Yep. Where? Luke's gospel. If you just back up, chapter 21, the disciples said, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age or the end of the world as we know it? Jesus gives a whole list of things that are going to happen, but one, one is very noteworthy. Verse 11, Luke 21, there'll be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. Pestilences. It's a deadly epidemic disease. But he didn't remember his word. Because in the context of Jesus giving the signs of his soon second coming, in Luke 21, he concludes, verse 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, look toward heaven, because your redemption is drawing near. <laughs> Listen, when the world's going, oh no, the end of the world, the Christians should be going, oh yeah, the end of the world. Not in some careless attitude, not that we don't have compassion like God does on, uh, on a world that's suffering because of the coronavirus, but you think this is bad. If you read through the list of things that Jesus said are signs of his second coming, it's going to get worse. Signs. Jesus had told his disciples exactly what was going to happen in the darkest hour of human history when the Son of God Jesus was crucified, even though he was innocent. But he did it because he loved us. And the Father gave his one and only Son because he loves us. For God so loved the world. Gave his one and only Son. And so we need to remember his word. Romans 12 tells us, don't be transformed or don't be conformed to the image of this world. Don't be like everybody else. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love Psalm 119. It's the longest psalm of all the psalms. But Psalm 119 is all about the Word. The Word. And Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It gives me what I need for daily living. It gives me hope for today. A lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. It gives me hope beyond the present. It gives me hope for the future. A lamp unto my feet. A light into my path. So listen. Truth has to be mixed with faith. Faith. We go to God's Word. Now, back in Luke, chapter 24, verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. 
It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, he got up, ran to the tomb, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. They still haven't come to terms with the truth. I love verses 13 and following. Now, it's a bit, but listen, listen, and read along. Now, verse 13, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. This is so humorous. Uh, They were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, "Uh, what are you talking about? What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces downcast. They are despondent. They're depressed. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And you don't know the things that have happened uh, in these days? And Jesus, he just kind of playing with them. Uh, What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth? If I'm Jesus at this point, i got to hide my smirk. Uh, About Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him, which he told you guys was going to happen. But we had hoped, I circled that, we had hoped, they'd lost hope. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day. Well, remember what he said was going to happen on the third day? It's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And then Jesus says to them, get this, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Sounds like the Last Supper. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. <laughs> and they asked each other, listen to this, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. What they needed was a good dose of the Bible. They needed a good Bible study, which is exactly what Jesus gave them. What was the first point in our study this morning? Truth means nothing unless you mix it with faith. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today to study the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. These books are the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. He came to save each person from sin. He offered himself as a sacrifice, taking the punishment your sins deserve. Today, you can have a new life because of Jesus. Are you ready to make that decision and give him your sins and accept his grace? If so, we're so happy for you, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. Please let us know by emailing us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We also want to encourage you to find a church home. Right now, we know that that's difficult, but we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship for our online services. At ccfstpete.church, we live stream every Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 and 11, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Join Pastor Danny to learn more from the Bible and to spend time with us worshiping our Savior. You can also explore more teachings from this series and others at our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Know that we're praying for you. And we hope you'll join us again next time to continue studying the Gospels right here on The Living Word.